To all you moms out there, happy Mother's Day. And I uh, hope this is a, a special day. Are you being treated nicely so far, mothers? Huh? Uh, sounds like some of you need to step it up, huh? Some of you guys out there, step it up. Uh, we hope this is a special day for you. In fact, what I'd like to do uh, is just take a minute and pause and just uh, ask God to not only bless our time as we, as we um, engage in His Word, but also just uh, this might be a special day for you mothers and ask God for a, uh, to give you a blessing too. If you bow your heads and your hearts, I just want to lead us into that word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for our moms. We thank you for the mothers here today that, uh, that you've placed in our lives. And, and God, I pray that... Um, you know, as they provided us not only for not only physically but also spiritually, I pray that you would just give them a special blessing and let them know how much we uh, do appreciate them and that we love them. And I pray this would be might be a special day for them. God, I also pray that as we uh, enter into a time of of reflecting on your word, that you would just teach us, that you would uh, uh, allow our minds to comprehend the truth that you have for us, and that you would not allow Satan to have any freedom in this uh, time and space at all right now. And uh, I ask this all in the powerful name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're in a series called End of Your Rope, and, and, and it's, it's, it's coming out of our Easter series called Shattered Hope. And, and really where I'm, what I'm trying to articulate through this whole concept of End your, of your Rope is, is the fact, um, as Peter was writing to some discouraged believers, as he was writing this letter uh, to some individuals that, that their hope was very shattered. Their hope was they were experiencing some things that confused them, I'm sure, some things that they probably set back and said, why? Why is this taking place? And, and as it tested their faith, uh, Peter was, uh, or that's one of the things Peter uh, pointed out to them, but he was pointing out to them that, you know, you need to, to focus in on the things that, that are the things that really do provide you hope and not the things that are uh, false hope. And so um, as we engage in this series called End of Your Rope, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, I think it's, it's, it's when we start really experiencing times like this that we stop and question things. You know what I'm saying? It's for some reason, for some of us, um, it, it's like the only time God can really grab and captivate our attention is when things, uh, things have kind of been stripped away that we've placed our faith and hope in. And, and it's at that time where we feel like we're at the end of our rope, where we feel discouraged, we feel, like, we feel like things are overwhelming us, that we really stop and think and say, you know what, what is happening here? What is, all, you know, and trying to make sense of things. And it's during that time where I believe that, that God is able to come in and really uh, engage with us. And so through this series, I want to share with you some of the things that Peter was talking, you know, sharing uh, to this group of discouraged uh, believers as they were engaging in that same type of th- those the same type of things. If you would turn with me to First Peter, I want to take a look at chapter two, uh, verses four through ten uh, this morning. And in this chapter, or in this uh, selected part of our reading, uh, he is basically uh, again encouraging the believers, saying, "Look, this is what this is who you are in Jesus Christ." And so, in verse uh, 4 of chapter 2 of 1 Peter, he says this, As you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual, a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. 
They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also why, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. A couple of things I just want to share with you this morning. First of all, I want to say this right, off the, right out of the gate is this. I don't know what you may be experiencing in your life right now. I don't know what you may have placed your faith and hope in and things have happened and, 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 and maybe that what you placed your faith and hope in was not, is, as you, as you experience now, not providing you the security that you thought it would. And, and, and you're maybe sitting in here this morning and you're saying, you know what, I'm, I'm discouraged. I'm, I'm on the verge of depression. I'm just, I feel like I have shattered hope. And, and, and first, I, I want to share with you, I want to sh- say this to you. In no way would I ever try to minimize the things that's happening within your life, the problems, the trials, the sufferings that you may be experiencing within your life. So throughout this message, don't hear me saying that, but I want to, I want to, I I think what happens is, uh, so often is, as Jesus said in the Gospels, the truth will set you free. I think Satan has us duped. I think Satan has us deceived uh, a lot of times where we, 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 we engage our lives, we live our lives in a sense where, where it's hard for us to see the truth. And it's through times like this where we can stop and say, what is the truth? And really examine those foundational pieces as Peter, I think, is, is highlighting and demonstrating here. And so as we engage in this, I want to share with you a couple things that should just really uh, lift your spirits and, and, and um, really enable you to understand what is true. The first one is this. I am acceptable. You are acceptable. Most of our, most of, uh, there, there are a lot of us where we may spend our entire lives trying to feel accepted. We all want to feel accepted at some point in time. You know, or I should say at some point. There's not a single person in here, that is, I don't think there's a single person in here that could say, you know what, I love to feel rejected by people. I just love it. I thrive on it. I want to feel rejected. That's when I feel like myself. That's when I feel just Really whole. Many of us, we will spend our entire lives wanting to feel accepted. It's something that's driven, it's part of our, it seems like it's part of our human nature, and it can influence us in all kinds of different ways. It can, it can, uh, it can influence us the, uh, by, the, by the clothes that we wear. We will buy certain clothes because we want to feel accepted by certain people. We, want, we drive certain cars because we want to be accepted by certain individuals. Uh, Maybe the house we buy or the location of our house or even the career that we choose. This whole concept of being accepted can drive a lot of that. I've had conversations with people where we're talking about certain things and they will say, you know what, I would never, ever, ever want to return to my grade school years. I would never, ever, ever want to return back to my junior high years or my high school years. Why? Because that is when I felt totally rejected. I never felt accepted by anybody. I felt like an outcast. I felt like no one appreciated me. No one loved me at that particular point in my life. And it was a complete struggle. It just, I just really struggled with this whole concept of feeling accepted. And so some of us, we will live our whole lives trying to regain what we didn't get during that particular point in time. Some of you are sitting here this morning, and when we talk about Mother's Day, you, you, you have this deep, this, 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 this disconnect, this rub inside of you, because you, didn't feel, you might not have felt accepted by your mother or your father. And to this day, you may still be trying to gain that acceptance by either your parents or someone you love or someone that you respect or someone that you idolize or whatever it may be. But this whole concept of acceptance, if it's not in check, can really make us do some crazy, 
crazy things. And that is exactly what the enemy wants us to think. The enemy comes in. He wants to deceive us. He wants us to to feel as if that we're not acceptable. He wants our self-worth to be driven in the ground. And the truth of the matter is this. It's completely the opposite. The truth of the matter is this, that we talked about on Easter, is that God has accepted us, that God loves us. In our passage today, it says that Peter's talking to these discouraged believers, and he's saying this, you are a chosen people. You are a chosen people. You have been chosen by God. God has chosen you to be a part of his family. God, out of his love, says, I want you to be a part of my family. And, 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 and guys, this is where it really ought to encourage us as we, as, we live, as we understand that truth, as we embrace the reality of that truth, we, it, it should just do incredible wonders with inside of us to lift our spirits to, 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 say, to see that, you know what? It doesn't matter if so-and-so doesn't accept me. It doesn't matter if my parents never accepted me. It doesn't matter if certain cliques of people doesn't accept me. But what, the one thing I need to worry about or think about or build my life upon is the fact that God... God himself has chosen me and accepted me. The tragedy, as I said before, some of us in here today continue to try to please our parents or people that are, we're never going to be able to please. And I get that. I mean, I get that. I understand that. Two things to think about. If we haven't got their approval by now, chances are we're never going to get it. And second of all, we don't need their approval to be happy. Listen to this statement. There are nearly 6 billion people in the world. If two people don't like you, who cares? I mean, think about it. Isn't that absurd? I'll be honest with you. This is, the, this is one that I struggle with at times. I struggle with it. And I have people come into my life, friends that are close to me, people that I allow inside of me, and they look at me and they scratch their head perplexed like, what are you doing? And I step back and I think about it, and I'm like, this is absurd. Why would I allow, if certain people don't accept me, if I think something somebody doesn't like me, and I'm, this is comical as I'm telling you this, but it's something out of my humanness that I can, you know, that can have, uh, can have influence and, and a negative impact upon my life. That no, I mean, that's exactly what the enemy wants more than anything else, is to dupe me over, to deceive me. But the concept is this. God has chosen us. God is saying that we are acceptable, that you're acceptable. God is extending His this, this incredible gift of salvation and grace to every single one of us sitting in here this morning. You're no accident. You're not here, you're not here on mistake. God is, you, have, you, you are here for a particular reason to hear these words this morning that says that you are acceptable, that you are a chosen people, and that God has chosen you to be a part of his family. The second thing is this, that we, that we uh, the second truth that we need to really take in consideration is this, that you are valuable. Now, when we talk about valuable, Again, here he says you're not only accepted, but you're valuable. We're not talking about self-worth either. Some of us may in here have some, have some uh, things within our lives that really drive, you know, or, uh, may drive up our, our worth uh, you know, as far as valuables are concerned, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about something in a, a, a completely different. And, and second of all, when we talk about value, the thing that we have to understand is what determines value. There are two things that determines value. Number one uh, is, the, is the fact... is, is um, it depends on what somebody is willing to pay for something. It, it, you know, I could say, I could, I could come over here to this piano and I could say, guys, this piano, let's say it's mine. I own this piano. This is worth $1.8 million. That's what it's worth. I looked it up in the book. That's what it says this piano is worth. How many of you would like to pay $1.8 million for this piano? 
And if there's someone in here that would like to pay that, I will take ownership of this now. And take your money. We can give it back to the church. Maybe a tenth of it. I'll take the other. But, any, uh, but someone's got to be willing to pay $1.8 million for it, right? That's kind of like the whole concept of, of collectibles that we have. Some of us will say, well, I've got, this, you know, I've got these collectibles that have been passed down through my family. Man, they're worth thousands and thousands of dollars. In the books, they may be. But if someone's not willing to come up and give you thousands of dollars for what you really think is, and that might be a phone call for this piano, so please take that. <laughs> We're going to close a deal out here. We'll talk about this stuff later. But someone's got to be willing to pay for it. You know, like a Honus Wagner baseball card. It may be worth forty, fifty thousand dollars whatever it is. Someone's got to be willing to pay for that. And when someone's willing to pay for it, that's when it's valuable. The second thing is this. It depends on who owned it in the past, okay? Now, when I was, when I, my very, 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 very first car was a Pinto. How many of you remember the Pintos? <laughs> it was a well-used Pinto. I think my, da- my dad bought it for me, and I think, he, I think he actually used, I think he charged it on his credit card. That's, it was that inexpensive, okay? So I'm driving this Pinto, and if you remember the Pintos, you always tried to outdrive everybody else because you're afraid if someone tapped you in the back, the thing would explode. You remember those days? Freaked me out. So I think that's why he bought it for me, actually. He was trying to rub me out. But anyhow, I have this Pinto. Now, let me ask you this, guys. If I still had that Pinto, what if I said to you, hey, I'll sell you my Pinto for $30,000 because I owned it? Huh? Got any takers on that one? A little bit cheaper than the piano, but, you know, you know, it really doesn't happen. What if I said Elvis Presley owned that Pinto? Now it's a different story, right? Things go at a different value based upon who owned them in the past, right? What if I come up here and uh, I'm going to make these, I'm going to make someone nervous, Scott. Can I pick this guitar up? (laughs) What if I said, this is Scott Stalker's guitar. How many of you, how many would give me, um, I'll give it to you for about 15 grand. Hey, Scott played it, man. Scott, you know Scott Stalker, right? You know Scott? He's sitting right there. He played it. It's, you know, you know, what if, you know, it's, you know, how about you give me 15 grand for this, uh, you're nervous, aren't you? Are you? Tell you the truth, I'm kind of nervous too. I don't know if it's sitting on there. I might be paying 15 grand for this thing. What if, okay, so, so Scott, you know, that's Scott's guitar. He paid 50 grand. What if that guitar, which that's a Taylor guitar, if you know anything about guitars, and those are worth a lot of money. They're very, very nice guitars. What if that thing was all cracked up, the finish was like coming off of it, and I said, Jimi Hendrix owned that guitar. Now the value went up, or John Lennon, or Johnny Cash. Okay, I'm hitting every generation, right? I was like struggling in the first service. I'm like, who was a musician that played? You know, but anyhow, the, 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 that, that has a different impact, right? How about this one? And it's a true story. Uh, an auction some, some years ago, there was a smelly, stinky pair of high tops that sold for $7,000. Used high tops that sold for $7,000 because Michael Jordan wore them at some point in time. Somebody said, I'm willing to pay 7000 for those high tops because Michael Jordan, who that person probably thought that was the best basketball player of all times, wanted to have that particular item within their collection. Uh, who knows why? I guess they had $7,000 to kind of throw out there. But, but, but here's the issue, guys. Two things make something very valuable. What someone's willing to pay for it and who owned it in the past, right? 
Listen to what Peter says. Peter says, you're a child of God. Peter, think about that concept when it comes to us. Think about the concept that God says, I'm willing to sacrifice my son on a cross to die for something that he never did for you. That's staggering to think about. That's a truth that the enemy says, don't spend time thinking about that. Because you're not worth much. You know, you need to stay depressed. You need to live your, your life in a state of fear. You need to have this sense like you don't matter to God. Whereas the reality is, as Peter says, you are a child of God. Where God thought so much of you that He was willing to send His Son, Jesus Christ, to the cross to pay a ransom for something that He never... I mean, pay a ransom for you so that you could be acceptable and valuable. That's incredible. What an incredible reality that is. And he doesn't stop there, but he continues in an illustration that says this, or he continues with the truth, not just an illustration, but he talks about this God is having this building project and that we're a part of it. And he says this, 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 stone, this building, this stone building represents the church, the family of God, and you're one of the stones. God says, Peter says, you're one of the stones that God is using to build his church. We're not talking about a physical church here. We're not talking about something that is so temporary. We're talking about something that is absolutely eternal. And God is placing such a high value on you and accepting you and saying, I want you to be a part of my family and I want you to be a part, a, a part of this. I want you to be a living stone, a part of this, 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 this thing that I am building here. Something that is, that is, that is going to live for eternity. Wow. That's incredible truths, is it not? And doesn't, when we focus on things like that, when we focus on the concept that God looks at me and God finds me acceptable, the creator of this universe finds me acceptable, the creator of this universe says, I am willing to let my son die an incredible, horrendous death for you. When I think about that, doesn't, I mean, it just make, it just, it, it kind of strips away all of my stuff and it enables me to focus on something much grander. I mean, I focus on the things that might upset me. I focus on the things that, or I think about the things that might really get me down. And I'm thinking, that has nothing to do with anything. And again, I'm not minimizing problems. I'm simply saying, when you, when you take a look at this bigger picture, how can you not just be filled with hope? How can you not just be rattled at your foundations to, you know, to, 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 to grab a hold of this concept of this enormous amount of love, the grace that just continues to flow down. Why? Why? It's not something that I've done. It's not something that you can ever do. It's not something that you can earn, but God chooses to do that. I don't understand that. But what an incredible truth. What an incredible reality. Another truth that we, can, that we need to focus on is this. We are capable and competent to handle anything. We are capable and competent uh, as, he, as He builds us into this house uh, to do His work. Listen to what Peter says. Peter says, you are now a royal priest. He says, you're, you're a, um, he says, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Guys, I think of, 
when we think of this, I think, I think of the Old Testament. And I think of what you know, a priest was in the Old Testament. And, and back in those days, a priest was an individual. He was the only individual that could go to God and have a conversation with God. He was one of the only individuals that could go have a conversation with God, have a fellowship with God, talk with God, spend time with God. And so he had this incredible, or this, this, this responsibility and privilege, but this responsibility where he would go and talk to God, and then he would come back and tell the people, he would represent God to the people. Does that make sense? And so here you are sitting in here this morning, and let's say we still lived in the Old Testament days, and let's say I'm your priest. We would come and we would talk, and, and you, you guys might share with me some things that's going on in your life, and you would say, I'd really like for you to take my problem to God. i got some issues going on, I'd really like for you to pray to God. And so I would go and I would pray to God. Or I would go to God like Moses. Remember Moses, he went up on the mountain, and he would be instructed by God on what, you know, God, he would come back, God would tell him what he wants, you know, his plan and, and, and some of these other things, and he would come down and tell the people, hey, this is what God said. And that's what the priest did. That's what the priest did. In fact, if we took a look just real quick, if we would look at, you know, in the Old Testament when, we built, when they built the tabernacle, uh, there was a place called the Holy of Holies. And, and it was kind of behind a curtain. Like if we would take a look at this back, this black curtain behind us, behind that curtain sat the Ark of the Covenant and some other things, some other artifacts such as cherubim and cherubim, the angels, and their, if, you're, if you study that, their wings would, would touch. And in between, uh, with the, the glory of God would set would be manifested, and it was behind this huge, heavy curtain. And the priest could only go back in there at certain times. And so when he would go back, now check this out. Now tell me, this, tell me the applications would be pretty low, or the resumes would be pretty low on being a priest. But when he would go behind the curtain and go into the Holy of Holies, they would actually put bells and things around the, the, the hem of his robe so that they could hear him clanging around, and they would tie a rope around him. And as he would go in there... If they would hear the bells making noise, they would know that he was still alive. Okay, And if they stopped hearing the bells, they would know that he was dead, and they would pull him out with the rope because it was such a sacred place. Only he could go back there. And the moral of the story is, if he was not in a good position before God, uh, he, would, he uh, would not be able to reside back there either. Here's the concept I'm trying to share with you that Peter's saying to us. We are now those priests. You don't have to come to me with your, with your prayers, with your issues, with your concerns. You don't come to me as the pastor and say, hey, would you please talk to God for me? Peter's saying, we are all royal priests. We are all royal priests. And he goes on to say, and it goes on to say this, we all have this responsibility and privilege of representing God to people, which means that we all serve. It means that all of us have been given a gift it means that we are a part of something so much bigger that we're all ministering to one another. And for some of us in here this morning, if we say, you know what, I don't have a gift, let me tell you something, that's bad theology. That's wrong. I mean, that's not even bad. That's absolutely wrong, incorrect theology. The Word of God tells us that every single one of us have been given at least one gift. I'll say this, I've never met anybody, uh, my years in the ministry, I've never met anybody that just has one gift. It seems like God just blesses us with all kinds of gifts. You guys have all kinds of gifts. And, it's, and Peter is saying this. You are part of a royal priesthood. Now, you, you are able to go to God, talk to God, fellowship with God, converse with God, go to God one-on-one, and you're also there, you're gifted, and you're also there to help minister, to be, um, you, to be in the ministry to serve other people. 
And that is why God saved us. That is why God has called us into his family. Paul talks about this. Peter says the same thing. He saved us and chose us for his holy work. He saved us so that we could serve. So if you're sitting in here this morning and you say, I've accepted Jesus Christ into my life. I've accepted his free gift of grace and salvation. My ticket's punched and I'm just waiting until Jesus returns. Glory, hallelujah. That's bad theology. That's not what the Word of God teaches. That's a dichotomy. We are a royal priesthood. In fact, here in a couple of weeks, if not next week, we're going to talk about how God has set us apart. All the junk and everything that we were once in, He's taking us, He's taken us, and He's set us apart for something great, much grander. And that's part of being that royal priesthood, a living stone building that church. Last thing I want to share with you is this. You are forgivable. This is another one where Satan comes in and deceives us. The, the, the text that we read says that we have received mercy. This is the, Again, this is another one where Satan has come in and deceived some of us. And here's the deception, guys. Here is the deception. And when I hear this from some people that... And I'm not being critical or judgmental uh, about you. But when we say things like this, something bad happened in my life this past week and I know God's getting back at me. I know, he's, I know, he's, I, know I did something wrong. I can't, I'm not sure what I did wrong, but He's getting back at me. Guys, that's not what the Word of God teaches. That's what the enemy says. And we live in this sense of unhealthy fear of God. Because listen to what Isaiah 43.25 says. God says, I am the God who forgives your sins. And I do this not because you're so perfect. I do this not because you earn it. I do this not because, man, I created you. And you're such an awesome creation that you supersede me now. He doesn't say that. He says, I am the God who forgives your sins and I do this because of who I am. I will not hold your sins against you. Guys, I don't know what may be holding you down, what you may be discouraged about, what you may be feeling really depressed and and, and in despair about. But I want to tell you something. If this message doesn't give you a sense of hope and encouragement today, you need to really take some time out and spend reflecting on the truth. This is stuff where we're really going back to the basics. And this is the stuff where Satan wants to deceive us. Satan does not want us to live in the truth because the truth will set you free. God has called you. God has chosen you. God has accepted you. God wants, uh, God is now, uh, you are now part of his, his uh, those of you that have, that, that have accepted his, this incredible gift of salvation, God is now, you are a living stone being built, uh, a royal priesthood, a living stone being built into this spiritual house, this spiritual church. What an incredible message of hope. You are forgivable regardless. God doesn't hold grunges. It, 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 it grudges. And so uh, he forgives us and consequently we can forgive others as well. I want to close by reading you the last uh, verse 11 of this uh, passage we just read. Listen to what he says. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful de- desires which war against your soul. 
Satan's going to want to defeat you. Satan's going to want to bring you down. Satan's going to want you to engage in things that, that wars against what God wants to do within your life. And Peter is saying, I urge you to abstain from those things. Live such good lives among the, among the pagans, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds. And glorify God on the day He visits us. Peter says this, again, if I read that, that last part one more time. They may accuse you of doing wrong, but that they may see your good deeds and glorify God in the day He visits. Guys, that's what it's all about, is giving God His glory. Why did God choose us? Why did God accept us? Why does God find us valuable? He does it out of His love, but He does it consequently so that, that we can give Him glory. This is about God. God deserves and desires His glory. I want us to end with an upbeat song this, right now. I want us to just reflect on God and what God is. We've already sang it, but we're going to go back and we're going to sing a couple more verses of this, of this song that we opened up our service with. And I pray that it would just, your, your, soul, your hearts would just let go of all the stuff that the enemy wants to, to distract you with and that you might just, just stand here celebrating the, the fact that God loves us and that we are a part of His ro- royal priesthood his chosen, his chosen people. Would you do that as we close our time here?